0: This is Channel Two Five Three. In this episode of Nerd Farmer,
1: unfortunately for 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 you all, um, Tacoma Safe does sound like it has the backing of the mayor, part of the city council. Um, so it's it's going the work for you guys is going to be a lot harder.
0: Channel Two Five Three is supported by Microsoft. Microsoft is committed to civic conversations like those on Channel 253 that inform and empower Washington communities. To learn more, visit aka.ms microsoftinwashington Microsoft in Washington. This is the Nerd Farmer podcast, a national conversation through a local
2: lens. Welcome to the Nerd Farmer podcast. My name is Nate, and I'm your host, a Tacoman living abroad. By the way, that was a recommendation from a listener as a new way to describe the show, and I kind of like it. Today's show was brought to you by our friends at Pacific Lutheran University, and boy, we have a doozy for you today. On January 27th, a new organization called Tacoma Safe convened their first meeting, mainly attended by small business owners and North Enders at the LeMay Car Museum in Tacoma. The meeting was organized by Angela Conley. She's a figure I'll return to later on. Outside the event, a counter protest gathered, and that evening, one of them was struck in a vehicle attack. This is a very ignominious beginning for a group that has a lot of baggage. Tacoma Safe appears to be a copycat of the organization Safe Seattle, a conservative anti-homeless organization active in the city since at least 2017. You'll note that I said anti-homeless, not anti-homelessness. I'm making a distinction there. Its leader is Angela Connolly. She's a very interesting record in the civic scene. Evelyn Lopez, who's who's crossing the division and I, couldn't make it work out today for a schedule, but I reached out to her for a rundown on Connolly. But before we go to that, I want to introduce my guest today. My guest is Alicia Ramirez, who's an activist from Seattle. Alicia, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing very, very well. So in this conversation, I'm trying to do two different things. One, I want folks to know about who Angela Connolly is and her history of activism in Tacoma. And then two, I want to let folks know about who Safe Seattle is and what might be coming to Seattle. Oh, sorry, coming to Tacoma. And that's the part where you come in. And so I'm really excited to have your expertise here. Uh, can you do me a favor really fast? Uh, sure. What can you tell us or, or what do you know or help me get smarter about the origins of this group, Safe Seattle?
1: Um, so they started originally in 2015 as um, Welcome to Marysville after our um, infamous mayor, Ed Murray, um, 2015 was kind of the time when we started seeing much more visible homelessness. I mean, we've always had homelessness in the city, but kind of 2013, 2014, and 2015 are the time when we really started to notice it visibly in the city. And that's the time when Safe Seattle, who was originally welcomed to Murraysville, it was just a Facebook page that was kind of like, you know, it kind of like, I don't know if you're on Reddit and you've seen like these, these forums I where am, all they do is I am, Seattle. for better or worse. It, yeah, It was basically like that kind of setup. Um, and then they rebranded in about 2016 to 2017 as Safe Seattle. And that's the auspice that they've been under ever since.
2: Uh, So these folks who were involved with this organization, is this their first foray into politics or have they been involved with other like campaigns and activity in the region?
1: Uh, With this. So the co-founder of this, the co-founders, I'm not entirely sure um, what their past before city Seattle is. Uh, I know one of the, one of the co-founders did things like wrote for like a a local neighborhood blog for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, it seems like they're relative newcomers when it comes to politics, like they haven't been around for like decades, like, for instance, a Dino Rossi or something. They were kind of newcomers on the scene.
2: Okay. Uh- one of the things that we're seeing in Tacoma is, and my friend Evelyn's going to chime in on this in a bit, uh, is that the folks who are organizing Tacoma Safe, uh, one of the lead organizers has a history in like, anti-trans activism. And like I think it's safe to describe this person as a TERF. Uh, I have a feeling that there's a story to be told about like, well, actually, hold on. Before we started recording today, you were talking about some of the activism down in Burien. And it's it's funny that that was mentioned because uh, one of the first episodes of this show was a conversation with Hugo Garcia, who's now on the Burien City Council, about that work. And so folks who've been longtime listeners have some background on that. Uh, What was the, how were the folks who were involved with Save Seattle, how were they involved in Burien prior to or in the same time period?
1: So in 2017, so I, so just to clear, clear it up, they've been around sure. 2015, but I wasn't aware of them before 2017. And that okay. is the, the incident, in Bearing, that you're talking about. Um, Bearing had just put a uh, sanctuary um, policy onto their books. It was kind of, you know, a solidarity move with the immigrant community because this was just right after the Trump administration got into office. Yep. Um, and there was a group uh, anti-immigrant hate group called Respect Washington um, that had come in and basically um, they were trying to put an initiative on the ballot that would have overturned that. And they also, in this process, endorsed um, a group of very reactionist, very racist, very xenophobic candidates that were running. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, their co-founder of Safe Seattle, um, whose name is David Preston, uh, was actually very involved personally um, with the candidates that Respect Washington was endorsing and also with just really trying to spread around the propaganda, you know, the xenophobic propaganda. Um, And that's kind of how I noticed them. And also that was kind of um, their first real, that was the first incident that really, you know, drew their, drew our attention to them, Um, and I mean, being involved with an anti-immigrant hate group, and by the way, that group Respect Washington is now and still on the Southern Poverty Law Center's uh, map of hate groups, so this whole incident put that
2: group on their map interesting so that's that's actually i think an escalation from the situation we have in tacoma but as you're talking about this uh a lot of it rhymes as well so can you tell me what tell me a bit about this david preston cat
1: um (laughs) david preston um i from what i understand he um used to write for some of the neighborhood west seattle blogs he's a he lives over in west seattle um and he um he he's not really. I he's not really an established politician. Like he's not a Dino Rossi, he's not a you know a Matt Shea. You know people who have been in the scene for like forever. Um, yeah. It it kind of seems like um, Preston and then the other co-founder were relative newcomers when it came from politics. Like they kind of dabbled a little bit, but they weren't hard hitters.
2: Okay, um, uh, I. I'm just struck by how similar this is. Like I mentioned in the intro, we talked to uh, Evelyn Lopez, who's the host of Crossing Division. And so she. I asked her the following question. If people haven't heard about Angela Connolly, who is the organizer and leader of Tacoma Safe, who is she and what's her history in Tacoma politics? I'm gonna have Doug roll this, and then I wanna hear how much it resonates or rhymes to you, uh, how similar it sounds to you as far as biography and also what's happening in Tacoma.
3: Angela Connolly and her husband John Connolly, who is a very very prominent attorney in Tacoma, have been around in local politics for quite a few years. Very active in the city club, uh, very active with the um, with their church. Very strong Catholics. Um, but I think most people know about Angela Connolly herself uh, from about uh, from 2016, particularly during the summer. That was when uh, she formed a group um, that was called Just Want Privacy. And the group was uh, gathering information and gathering support for Initiative 1515. Initiative 1515 is is a bathroom bill, which people have probably heard about. And specifically, it was an initiative that people would vote on. And it was with this agenda, the, let me give you some background. The state's human rights commission had issued a rule earlier that year determining that um, individuals, people who are trans, should be able to use the bathroom of their choice. And they, and they could not be restricted from using the bathroom of their choice. And the reason for this is totally obvious. If you have any um, friends, family members, uh, loved ones who are trans, you know, you know, they look like their gender. they look as you would expect any other young woman, young man, uh man, woman. um and so of course, they want to use the restroom that matches their looks and it's a safety issue, frankly, for them. but this group comes along just want privacy, and it's um It's a load of baloney, frankly. So the initiative was to do this. The initiative was to allow public and private sector segregation of bathrooms and locker rooms by birth, gender, or biology. It would also prevent local governments from enacting laws that protect gender identity as a valid reason for bathroom choice. The whole thing was framed by this Just Want Privacy group as protecting women and girls' From sex crime predation. Um, so here's the here's the thing. Um, Angela has a history of looking at social problems that she sees, and wrapping them up in a safety coding. And so, just like you know, well, we can't allow trans women to use the women's room because really they're men. And probably that something dangerous would happen to women and girls. There's absolutely no basis for this. No evidence whatsoever. And, you know, frankly, the people that I know who are trans, I wouldn't give them a second thought in the women's bathroom. I mean, and I have a friend who's a trans man. And if he walked into the women's bathroom, I would definitely give him a second look. He's got a full beard. He's quite muscular. Um, so the whole thing is ludicrous. and uh, and I think that's the background that a lot of people in Tacoma have is is that bathroom bill, um, which is, you know, it's consistent with a very conservative philosophy, and especially a very strong Catholic based uh, philosophy. Um, when uh, Angela's husband Jack was running for state Senate in 2012, he was opposed to same-sex marriage. Um, The Just Want Privacy group and the initiative was supported significantly by Joseph Backholm, who was the director of the Family Policy Institute of Washington, again, an extremely conservative um, group. And so that same philosophy, something that I would call a philosophy of fear, a philosophy of exclusion, is coming out now in 2021 around the idea of crime. Um, So this is from a a TNT News Tribune article in October 2021 talking about Tacoma Safe and said, you know, crime is taking over Tacoma and Tacoma Safe, their their focus is on addressing rising violent crime and homeless encampments. It also intends to clean up trash and graffiti in an effort to serve the community. And at that that point, Neuangelo had explained that she was inspired by the August 2021 letter from uh, city council members, Toms, Hunter, and McCarthy, that asked for increased police patrols. Uh, Tacoma Safe's demands are lower crime rates, reduce Tacoma Police Department response times, better address homeless encampments, fill all Tacoma Police Department positions, Expend more resources on the Tacoma Police Department, clarify laws regarding policing, reinstitute the ban on camping on public property, and provide safe camping sites. Yesterday, uh, Angela had posted some of her thoughts behind Tacoma Safe on Facebook, and one of those thoughts is this If someone is a felon, they need to be arrested. If someone is disabled by mental health, then they need services. Everyone needs to be offered a bed or safe camping site or move out of the city. So this is exclusion. This is the politics and philosophy of exclusion that says if you are not like us on our decision, you need to go to jail or you need to be put someplace where you can receive services or you need to leave. Because Tacoma is not a place for you. And I think that's consistent with their uh, ban on transgender individuals using bathrooms and everything else. The messaging is always, you're different, you're other, and Tacoma is not a place for you. And that is why people in Tacoma react negatively. When this group of people comes in and says, we have the answers, because the answers are always maximize the fear, maximize the exclusion, get everyone emotionally overwrought, and it, it ends in uh, problems. It's never a
2: solution. So that's the rundown on Tacoma's Safe Sleep Organizer. She's someone who uses her family wealth to influence the local civic scene and has strong anti-trans stances. and she seems to do a lot of fear-mongering. I'm curious. You're not from Tacoma. You live in Seattle, uh, but how familiar did that all sound to you?
1: That sounded almost pretty pretty similar to Safe Seattle, except you, know, you take the anti-trans um, issue and you just make it into an anti-immigrant issue, and it's almost the same thing. And it's it's really, you know, like, for instance, Safe Seattle themselves are all about, you know, we need the homeless folks who are causing crime. Oh look at all this crime and or, you know, making it seem as if, you know, every time, you know, RVs move in or a tent moves in if, in a crime and, you know, the improper crime goes up, it's their fault somehow. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's really othering and. Really, it's it's kind of, you know, you can, this kind of language is meant to be interchangeable. So, you know, you can make it any, you know, you can make anything negative sound positive if you just make it seem as if you're talking about safety. And the problem is, that, you know, our leadership here in Seattle hasn't done anything to address the problem and now people are angry. And unfortunately, the anger is being turned against some of the most vulnerable folks, and that's really scary when you have folks that are angry and frustrated, and you have this message being thrown at them. Well, we see you're angry and you're frustrated. You need to be angry at those people. It is—it's their fault. Those people sleeping on the street, and it leads to some really terrifying consequences. I mean, we had—it's uh, not necess- this isn't connected to say Seattle, but. There was an incident, I think six months ago, where a couple had went into an encampment thinking that these folks had stole their belongings, and it ended up with someone in the encampment being killed Mm -hmm. because they ran them over with their car during a struggle. And that kind of mentality really emboldens people to behave badly. And whether it's, you know, unhoused folks, whether it's targeted at immigrants, you know, trans folks, it's, you know, it's really
2: dangerous. One of my frustrations with both groups is the emphasis on policing and law enforcement. Like, I- I- if I may, the solution to homelessness is housing of unhoused people. The solution to homelessness is not additional interactions with law enforcement. And in fact, law enforcement could be. I want to say this the right way: the idea and insistence on law enforcement as the first solution that we go to for dealing with homelessness is wrong-headed at best and malicious at worst. Uh, what have been some of the actions that the folks in Safe Seattle have taken in regards to targeting homeless communities that we might be seeing, that we might see coming to Tacoma in the near future?
1: Um, So there was in the very beginning when Safe Seattle uh, first started up. They actually used to have a website, which is now defunct. uh, um, And this website was basically mapping out all the places where they saw RVs, people living in their RVs, and writing things like, "This RV is dealing drugs. This RV is stealing power. This RV is stealing from the neighbors." Things that may be true, maybe not true, maybe are at best, most of them were just assumptions. Um, But that kind of really put them on the map and got media attention because of the fact it's like, okay, you're, these people are already vulnerable and you're mapping them out very clearly and accusing them of doing all of these things to get people angry at them. So we've done, we've had that and actually, um. The sad thing is, so Safe Seattle right now is a Facebook page, but they did at one point, and I believe it was 2018 or 2019, incorporate into a nonprofit for the sole reason of suing the tiny homes in Seattle out of existence.
2: Wait, 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 sorry. I didn't know about this and I hate, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So we understand that the problem with homelessness is people don't have homes. And so tiny homes are a transitory solution, a transitional step oftentimes for people to go from being unhoused to housing. And you're saying that Safe Seattle tried to sue the tiny homes out of existence?
1: Yes, there was a specific one. um, There was a specific tiny home that they were focusing on and they had incorporated um, and then filed a lawsuit shortly after that um, to basically shut them down.
2: Uh, makes, what was their It makes no
1: sense. Does it, if you're, if you're interested in solving homelessness, why would
2: you do that? What was their, their premise or their claim? I'm so confused by this. Like, I feel like I'm missing something here. <laughs> like,
1: um, the, basically that they're operating illegally, they shouldn't be there. It really didn't make a whole lot of sense. And ultimately it was dismissed. So their lawsuit did not make it. Um, but what was interesting about that was their um, their attorney that they hired to represent them for this lawsuit um, is the same attorney that represented Respect Washington in 2017. Mm.
2: Okay, so it's all, that's so interesting. Okay, Uh, I I think I want to take a break here. And when we come back, what I want to do is I want to walk you through the demands that are being put forth by Tacoma Safe. And I want to see how those demands compare to what was put forth by Safe Seattle. And then I would love, if you'd like to, to kind of knock down some of these demands and talk about how these demands don't help homelessness. Like a point I made in the intro and I want to make again is, is that these groups are striking me as being anti-homeless and not anti-homelessness. And being anti-homeless targets and Make people who are already marginalized in society, more miserable. And that's the last thing we need to do. But we'll talk about that when we come back. So let's take a break.
0: This episode of Channel 253 is sponsored by Pacific Lutheran University. Most colleges raise tuition each year, but they don't increase their student scholarships or financial aid. That means that students and their families are often forced to pay upwards of ten dollars to $12,000 more than they expected. This can push families into financial hardship or force students to leave their university with debt and without a degree. At PLU, we're stopping that cycle. That's why our fixed tuition guarantee ensures that your cost of tuition will be locked in from your first day to your graduation day. Learn more at plu.edu tuition.
2: And we are back. I want to thank you for downloading this episode today. The Nerd Farmer podcast is a labor of love by Doug and I here at Channel 253. We try to have conversations to elevate points of view you won't get elsewhere. To me, this is an important conversation because we often see along the West Coast that things that happen in one city happen in another. I've talked for a long time about how Tacoma is basically Oakland. And in this case, I feel like what happened in Seattle with our homeless population is coming through in our city as well. And so it's important we be informed so we can advocate for the right solutions. If you are enjoying what you're hearing today, I'm going to encourage you to join Channel Two Five Three as a member. Uh, this podcast network again is just trying to tell these stories, and elevate voices. If you join, a membership costs four dollars a month or forty dollars a year, and a membership gives you access to our member-only Slack and also Doug's secret podcast, Off the Record. And on the most recent episode of Off the Record, I kind of detailed what's going on here geopolitically in Abu Dhabi uh, about like the recent missile attacks and stuff like that. Don't worry, I'm fine. If you want to know the story, join and listen. Soon. And so consider that, please, channel 253com slash membership, $4 a month or $40 a year. All right, Alicia, I want to, I want to get back to this really fast. So what, what I want to do is I'm going to kind of walk you through these demands. And then I want to just hear, do these demands seem familiar to you from Seattle? And then also, what's your take on them? So demand number one, or sorry, we support the following st- uh, solutions. One urge the city council to remove encampments and prioritize safe shelter, safe camping and safe parking and housing for people experiencing homelessness. Is that a similar demand than safe Seattle argued?
1: Um, The safe parking is the safe. Seattle has hated that, but everything else is pretty much, you know, the same thing they've been demanding city council for years, remove encampments um, by force and basically, you know, track everyone and the people who aren't from here need to be sent home on buses, and the people who are from here who need services need to accept them or leave. It's basically the same thing, but taking out the safe parking.
2: Yeah. Well, and I guess what I'm struck by is, is that like nobody's pro encampments. Like I want to remove the encampments as well because I want to get people into sustainable housing for the long term. Like it's, it's such a weird thing. Like your first demand is to remove encampments, but there's nothing in your demands about like permanent long-term housing. It just shows that they don't have their head around the problem the right way. And and, and if if I may, like there are people who maybe small business owners in Tacoma who are incredibly frustrated by the situation. And like, I don't blame them for being frustrated. Like the city has failed. And essentially like we have a housing market in this city that's gone haywire and people are losing their homes, being homes like crazy. And so a Cassandra comes along or a 2 comes along and says, this is the solution. This is the solution. And they're like following. So I don't blame the folks that are showing up to these meetings and joining these groups. I blame the leaders. Let, let me give you the next demand or ne- sorry, next uh, solution. Uh, asked Tacoma Police Department and the City Council to prioritize public safety services around encampments and businesses. So again, nothing about long-term housing. Uh, similar demands in Seattle.
1: That it's been a demand that's been asked for years from both say, Seattle and more conservative groups and the you know the business associations of, as well because they tend to historically take those kinds of stances but there's never really any mention of let's make more tiny homes so we have a transitory place to put people. Let's invest in more housing. Let's find, let's invest in more, I should say, actual affordable housing um, because $1,400 a month is still not affordable and these kinds of things. And they're not, None of these things are quick fixes. They're things that take time, they take resources, they take planning, they take money and cooperation, of course, from the communities where these will be built. And it's always, uh, we need to just get rid of these people and put them out of our site. There really never is any focus, at least in what I've seen here in the city of Seattle, there's never really from these groups any focus on, let's take these people out of the encampment, and put them in better places invest in tiny homes let's get them resources let's really take care of these people and not just let them stay in these encampments because you know the city did fail um, and it's it, but it's more of let's just use the police to get rid of them that's yeah, generally it, what we hear and that's not that's that's not an answer it's just
2: cruel yeah. Well, it, just just for for the benefit of the audience, and I guess for me too, like I I feel like I know why I feel so. But why isn't more policing gonna solve the issue of homelessness in Tacoma or Seattle?
1: So, from what I you know, I know this from you know just talking to folks, from seeing these interactions, is that um, the the police or having the police come into encampment is oftentimes traumatizing for folks mm-hmm. because you know they're often not trained properly in how to deal with um, vulnerable folks in that situation. Um, And they really are just there to kind of shoot people away by force. So, you know, if every time you see a police, if you're in house and every time you see a police officer, they are throwing away your belongings and telling you to get out or shoving you somewhere else. um, You're going to feel very traumatized every time you see them. Mm -hmm. And, That it's kind of – and that's why it's also cruel is, all right, we we know that having police involved, especially in encampment removals, isn't traumatizing. Why are we going to then re-traumatize people over and over and over again just so we don't have to look at them?
2: Oh, that – I'll get there on on solution number four. Solution number three – designate safe camping and parking spaces, sorry, safe camping and parking locations with active monitoring and engagement to increase safe shelter?
1: Yeah, we don't, so ours is worded, the way it's worded in Seattle is a little differently. Um, okay. Like the safe parking isn't emphasized, but basically um, the plan that we had, so in 2019, let me do a little background to explain. Um, this is the plan that a lot yeah. of, conservatives in Seattle just love. Um, so in 2019, we had, uh, there was a city, a woman named Ann Davidson Saddler who ran for city council, who is now our city the city attorney. And she ran on a proposal of taking all the unhoused folks in the encampment and putting them in a, a safe place. And that safe place would have been like an amp- empty Sam's club or a Costco. putting Having them go into that safe place and that safe place, however, doesn't have, like, services. There's no, like, you know, how they're they aren't going to get housing there. It's just a place to put people. So, that, so in our version, that safe place is a little bit more specifically spelled out. And sure. I have a feeling that if, you know, the leader of Tacoma Safe were to be honest about what she meant by a safe place, it would likely be something like that.
2: Uh, Next solution, demand that immediately the following standard practices be enforced. One, 911 must answer calls. Ooh, we agree on this one. Uh, Two, dispatch police when 911 is called. I have questions. Three, make it mandatory to take police reports on every crime reported by business. Nope, by business, not by citizen, just business, but I'll come back to that too uh next assign a police liaison to work directly with businesses again not with citizens just businesses and then investigate repeated criminal activity identify perpetrators and apply appropriate intervention to end repeat offenses not a word about homeless people at this point now it's just more police more police uh similar to what's being pushed in seattle
1: that actually is very concerning to me we that because the proposal sounds to me like they're proposing to make a, secu- a private security force for business by via the police, because there's no mention of citizens, it's just businesses. And uh, a lot of businesses, Now I wouldn't say a lot, but a growing number of businesses in the downtown core of Seattle are actually opting to hire, um, not, not police, but private security. Um, so we're seeing a large rise in private security, which is problematic Because private security has less accountability than law enforcement, and law enforcement already has little to no accountability. So we're seeing the rise of that. And that wording is very concerning because it sounds, and I could be wrong. This is just my interpretation. um, But it really sounds like they're trying to find the nicest and most humane way possible to basically say, we just want a private security force. For downtown businesses, using the police.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm old enough. Actually, I'm not old enough, but I've, I'm read enough to know about like the Pinkertons and this idea of like private law enforcement with no checks. You, you nailed it. Like, there's already not enough checks and balances on the. A police as is, this is yeah, this is going the wrong way. Uh, their last solution is develop a community policing model to address the needs of victimized businesses, again, not citizens. Uh, create a task force to develop a plan to address crime in Tacoma and neighboring communities by uniting public institutions and private companies. To your point about private policing, and then form a coalition of businesses, community members, and police to understand the root causes of criminal activity impacting businesses, not citizens, and proactively develop solutions. That is, like again, it's just all
1: relying on law enforcement, which is problematic, especially when you're dealing with people that are really vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, police and normal people do not go well together, um, they just don't. And I know that in Tacoma, you guys are having a lot of problems with your police force I
0: and with,
1: with your sheriff, and just given that you know, that local context as well, we also have. Like, for instance, in Seattle, uh, Seattle, I don't know if probably you have heard this by now, but Seattle police had one of the largest contingents at the insurrection rally. So to say we're going to have these folks directly involved with vulnerable neighbors um, is very concerning. Um, We actually had that sounds very similar to, um, this wasn't proposed by, say, Seattle, it was proposed by, a conservative um, group of folks in Seattle, it was called Compassion Seattle. And it was kind of the same plan where they were going to um, free up 2000 beds, which wouldn't even put a dent in the number that's needed. Um, Mm -hmm. And with that, um, they were basically, um, anyone that refused that, um, that shelter would basically be made to move. All right. All right. So, so it's I, kind of, that's, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. And the things of those demands that really concern me are um, basically um, the reliance, heavy reliance on law enforcement. And mm. also it kind of seems just like the intent is basically to create this coalition between business owners and the police To basically kick out homeless folks like I don't hear anything else about housing. Um, I don't hear anything else about tiny homes supportive services. I just hear let's just take the police and get these people out of
2: here. Yeah. I was frustrated and disappointed to see that when Tacoma is safe, well, because Angela Connolly is such a muckety-muck in the political scene and has thrown her uh, financial weight around in local politics, when she convened this meeting, not only the mayor, but enough members of the city council to like, make a quorum for a meeting showed up at the meeting and I was even more disappointed that somebody who showed up to counter-protest against the meeting was attacked in a vehicle attack. And this is the second time we've had a vehicle attack in Tacoma in the last year, although the last one was a law enforcement officer to kind of make the point about how police don't make people safer all the time. Uh, Something that I think might be useful is if you could talk a bit about how you as an activist and other activists have engaged and combated the efforts of Safe Seattle. So, like, how have you confronted this group, which essentially— so I, I've heard them described online and I don't know the story well enough to to whatever, but I've heard them described as basically like an anti-homeless hate group. And so I, I'm not saying that's what Tacoma Safe is, but that's what Safe Seattle has manifested as. So what are some ways that you as an activist and your allies have like combated this group?
1: Um, A lot of it is just kind of community education, just reaching, you know, out to the community in general and just kind of, Having conversations about them, about hey, this this group might sound on the surface like they're really great and want to end homelessness, but in actuality, they don't, and they're really just wanting to get these poor people out of here. And you know, this is what they're doing, and also just constantly, you know, kind of bringing to attention, you know, every time they do something that is clearly, you know, against the things that they're saying, you know, just bringing it to attention, and it's, you know it's taken, I want to say a couple of years of that to where it's finally got to the point where, you know, most people are like, Oh, say Seattle, it's that group. Um, but a lot of it has been, you know, having conversations with, with folks, um, and also just kind of bringing to light the things that they're doing. Um, and then the connections that they're, they're making and, um, the good thing for us is that, um, safe Seattle, um, does not have the backing of like the mayor and the city council. Um, so they don't have that backing, but mm-hmm. they do have the backing of our local police and our, um, the guild office, the guild president of our police forces, very much a safe Seattle fan. Um, but really we've had, um, We've had success with kind of just you know talking to folks about that and pointing out those connections um, because those are and that's important to point out those connections. Uh, unfortunately, um, there's no fast way to do that. Um, it does take time. Um, unfortunately for, for, for you all, um, Tacoma safe does sound like it has the backing of the mayor, part of the city council, um, so it's, it's going, the work for you guys is going to be a lot harder.
2: I, I'm really glad you said that. So one of the things that I know is that local policymakers listen to the show because when I talk shit about them, I hear about it. So <laughs> I guess my question here is, is if the city council members, local elected officials, precinct committee officers, folks who are involved in local civics are listening to this, uh, what message would you you want to convey to them about what we should be doing to improve public safety and to uh, deal with the problem of homelessness? I think
1: really we need to be, um, first and foremost, I don't, even here in Seattle, I don't see, you know, our um, city council members and our elected officials talking directly with people who are Mm. homeless, talking to people who are living in encampments. I think first and foremost, you know, their needs and their voices need to be centered in this conversation. And not just in Tacoma, but just broadly in general, we're not doing that. And that kind of is, you know, if you are letting other people speak for you, well, that's, you, we kind of end up with the Safe Seattle's and the Tacoma safes and things like that. And really, we need to be centering their voices, not the voices of Safe Seattle or or business owners, um, we should always be, you know, centering the voices of the most impacted first. And then also um, focusing on things like, you know, we need things like tiny homes, more housing, things like that. You know, and really I would love to see warmer of elected officials having these conversations with comu- with community members about, you know, what does it actually take to house people? You know, what do we actually need to be doing? Um, And but instead, you know, when you when they listen to these groups like Safe Seattle or Tacoma Safe or any of these other groups, um, they're not listening to the, you know, to the folks who really need that help. And that would be my plea is to really just center and listen to the folks that are experiencing homelessness right now. They know what they need and, you know, that you don't need someone like Tacoma Safe or Safe Seattle to speak for them.
2: Yeah, I'm just really struck by the conflation that's happening in this document and in this movement. So they are positioning themselves as being about public safety. And there are absolutely public safety issues in the city that have to be addressed. Like there are lots, there's lots of property crime that's happening right now. Uh, I'm not an old that's going to, like, grunt about street racing, but, like, it's been an issue in the city. Like, there are definitely, like, safety matters to be addressed, but the fact that their first recommendation for practice or demand is about encamp- removing encampments means that they think that the homeless people are a – people experiencing homelessness are a threat to safety rather than a community that needs to be helped. And the fact this document does not talk about transitioning to long-term sustainable housing at all is deeply frustrating to me and totally misguided misdirected. One, one thing I kind of want to address really fast with you that I, I think is useful for people to hear is, is you've taken on the role of kind of a citizen journalist in this case. And like you have done a lot of like, I I, I spent a lot of time on the timeline looking through it and like you got receipts. Um, <laughs> if somebody who, so you had advice for policymakers. Uh, what about activists like yourself or your equivalents down in Tacoma? What should they be doing right now?
1: Um, Really, I'm um, just, you know, doc... I don't consider myself a citizen journalist, but, you know, I started documenting a lot of this stuff because it was very concerning to me. And unfortunately, most of our media here, um, we have, uh, Como and Cairo are more conservative outlets. Yeah, they're not great. Um, you know, they weren't doing, they did, they've did they done a terrible job of covering homelessness. And when, you know, groups like SayCielo pop up, you know, they kind of just take their side and that's not helpful. So I, I started documenting kind of just to, to let everyone know, Hey, this is what's going on. This is what we're dealing with. Um, And really just kind of pointing that out, people pointing that out over and over and over again, even if you have to do it, if it takes 50 times, um, people will listen eventually Mm -hmm. and also, you know, talking to your uh, city council members, your, you know, your lawmakers um, who may be more sympathetic to these groups and just telling them, hey, no, as your constituent, you know, I want to tell you these groups are not helping. They're very harmful groups. And having those conversations just repeatedly over and over and over again, it it does work.
2: That's really helpful, honestly. Uh, I, I want to thank you for making time for this conversation. Uh, you're a busy person, and you're helping educate me and my community. If people want to follow your work online or follow you on socials, where should they look?
1: I'm pretty active on Twitter. A lot of the um, like the research and things on uh, say Seattle is on there. So if you want to – you'll link to my Twitter. Uh, my sure. Twitter is a good place and probably one of the best places to look if you're just – um, wanting to get curious and know more about, you know, our wonderful hate groups <laughs> that are operating here in the city.
2: Wait, so for the record, more people will listen to the show than will read the show notes. Tell them the handle so they can give you a follow.
1: Okay. Um, it is um, the, you know, the at symbol and then my name and last name in three. So my at name, Alicia, A-L-Y-C-I-A, and then Ramirez,
2: R-A-M-I-R-E-Z with a three at the end. Thank you so much for educating me and my community. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me on. And I really wish you all the best of luck with Tacoma Safe. And um, just hang in there because I know it it seems bad right now, but, you know, collectively, you know, you can get people to listen.
2: Okay. Thank you. Wakanda ever, y'all. Make sure that you are boosted and are staying safe. Convict the police that killed Manuel Ellis and go Sounders.
0: Channel 253 is supported by Microsoft. Microsoft is committed to civic conversations like those on Channel 253 that inform and empower Washington communities. To learn more, visit aka.ms Microsoft in Washington. Sorry, you broke
2: my brain with a tiny home thing and I had to
0: stop you because so I didn't understand. Nerd Farmer is part of the Channel 253 podcast network. Check out our other shows, Interchangeable White Ladies, Give Me the Mic, We Are Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B Team, Crossing Division, Citizen Tacoma, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.